night. Otherwise, I would just be sitting here talking about weird shit to myself, and that would make me even more weird than I already am. So, yeah, real glad to have you here with me tonight. And if you haven't figured it out by that little bit of an intro, Jacob is not here with me today. He had a lot going on and nothing major, nothing bad. Just He's just very, very busy. He sends his love and he will be back next week. But for now, you get me. And since this is kind of a one-off strange episode being a solo dolo run, I thought it might be appropriate to tell a strange and one-off kind of story. That being the story of the Dover Demon. Now, this story begins on the evening of April 21st in the year 1977, because all the best stories in the paranormal world come from the 1970s, apparently. And on that particular evening, 17-year-old William Bartlett, better known as Bill, and his two friends, Mike Mazzocco and Andy Brody, were out joyriding. Now, for our younger listeners, joyriding is when you would just go out and drive around. That's pretty much it. You just got some friends, you went and drove around, you talked, you listened to the radio, you looked for chicks, you know, that kind of thing. Which was stuff that you could do when gas wasn't, you know, $4.50 a gallon and Netflix hadn't been invented yet. Anyway, it was just after 10 p.m. and they were cruising down Farm Street, which was a road that ran just on the outskirts of Dover, when the headlights of Bill's car illuminated an altogether unusual creature perched atop a low rock wall. The creature had large, glowing eyes shining out from a head that Bill Bartlett described as egg-shaped, which shots fired. It had no mouth, no nose, and no ears that Bartlett could discern despite his lingering look at the creature. The very thin, hairless body looked more human than animal and reminded Bartlett of the children with distended stomachs that could once be seen in television commercials. You know the ones, the ones were real tearjerkers and for the price of a cup of coffee you can feed this Ethiopian kid. Yeah, those ones. The creature made no aggressive movement. It simply clung to the top of the stone wall with long, thin fingers and toes looking back at the youths that were looking at it. Still, after a number of moments, the teens grew a tad freaked out by the unidentifiable creature and took off down the road. Bill Bartlett would later that night tell his father of the encounter, and together they would decide not to report the sighting for fear of Bill being ridiculed and disbelieved. Which is understandable. You see a strange damn thing, keep it to yourself maybe, if that's, you know, your thing. People probably ain't gonna believe you. Now, Bartlett, being a member of Boston's Copley Art Society, as well as a fairly known amateur artist, would that night draw a sketch of the creature to show his father. As you might expect, given the young man's artistic experience, the drawing is fairly well detailed and shows pretty well what I have described, and also includes the words, quote, I, Bill Bartlett, swear on a stack of Bibles that I saw this creature, end quote. Now, roughly two hours after Bill Bartlett and friends had their sighting, another local youth would also encounter the strange creature. 15-year-old John Baxter was walking along the heavily wooded Miller Hill Road on his way home from his girlfriend's house when he spotted a small, pale, humanoid figure on the road ahead. The figure spotted Baxter as well and ran, bipedally for the record, off the road, through a gully, and into the woods. 
Baxter hastened to get a better look at the creature and spotted it again standing next to and clutching a tree with what he described as long, tendril-like hands. The creature then disappeared into the woods. Baxter started trying to follow it, but gave up the chase after only a short while due to fear of becoming lost in the woods at night. Wise decision, young man, wise decision. Like Bartlett, John Baxter would also sketch what he saw, and despite lacking the same amount of detail, the sketches are certainly of the same creature. Unlike Bartlett, Baxter would report his encounter to the police. The next night, April 22nd, 15-year-old Abby Brabham, I think is how you pronounce this, and 18-year-old Will Trainter would spot the creature from Trainer's car along Springdale Avenue. Brabham said they spotted the creature, and it lifted itself partially off the ground and stood mostly upright, looking at the pair of teens. The rest of her description matches that of Bartlett and Baxter, adding only that it was roughly the size of a goat, which is not a real big critter. Now, just for the record, if you take all three of these kids' sightings and what they reported and you plot them on a map, not only do you realize that every sighting was somewhere near water, which is just an interesting detail that, to be honest, nobody ever really made sense of in any way, shape, or form, but they also form a completely straight two-mile-long line. So it's, it's not like a triangle. It's a straight line from one to the next to the next. Just an interesting detail. The story, of course, attracted national attention, including the attention of Lauren Coleman, who was, and still to this day remains, a leading figure in cryptozoology and ufology. And we'll probably talk about, I think we might have mentioned him before. We will definitely mention him again. Uh, and he... he has a cryptozoological museum in Portland, Maine, which I would like to go visit someday. And in this museum, he has a recreation of the Dover Demon. And it's it looks like it was made, actually, of Bartlett's original sketch. And it looks pretty cool, and I want to go there and visit it someday. Now, no real explanation was ever given for the creature. Lauren Coleman came out to investigate... The most he could really say was that, in his opinion, it wasn't really UFO-related. He brought, like, a couple other UFO guys with him when he checked it out. There was no UFO activity reported, no nothing like that, nothing else weird. Just a handful of teens saw this stupid creature. So he never came up with a real explanation, even cryptozoologically what it is, except it's some unknown creature. Other people, however, had their opinions. And when it's talked about today, they still do, of course. The first, as per usual, is that this was entirely a hoax. Of course, always, always a hoax. This, despite the fact that there was never any evidence to suggest that the teens who reported the encounters were really associated with one another or knew that the others were making reports. Nobody ever could prove that these guys, they, they weren't even really friends, you know. Like, of course, you know, Bill and the couple guys in his car, they were friends. And, you know, Abby and her boyfriend or whatever that was going on there, you know, they were friends. But as a, as a group, the three that reported it were never, never said to be really close friends or anything like that. And nobody ever could prove that they got together on this thing. So furthermore, no one, none of them 
have ever come forward to change their story. And to me, that's kind of a big one. You get, anybody who's listening to the show knows people aren't going to keep saying this stuff forever. Eventually, if somebody's going to come forward and say, hey, we made this shit up, leave us alone. It's just human nature, especially when you're a kid and you make something up, eventually somebody finds out. Another theory is that what they saw was actually a regular, natural animal. I give this one a little more credence than I do to that being a hoax, except for the fact that the prevailing theories of which animal it was they saw are a foal, a baby moose, or an escaped monkey. Now, last time I checked, if you remember my descriptions of the creature, it was, you know, bipedal and had fingers and toes and things. And last time I checked, uh, foals and baby moose are not bipedal and they don't have fingers. And I don't, I don't recall ever seeing a baby horse sitting on top of a rock wall or any kind of wall. I've never seen a baby moose, I'll be honest there, but I've never seen a baby horse get up on top of a rock wall unless it was in some big time trouble and really needed help getting down. But again, neither of those things are bipedal. And on top of that, moose have not inhabited the area around Dover, Massachusetts for a very, 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 very long time. And you can add that to even prior to 1977. Yes, moose at one time inhabited that area, but they were, you know, killed off for food and chased out by human beings a very, very, very long time ago. Now, an escape monkey, that does make a little more sense, given the shape and size of the creature, which was said to be about child-sized. However, no one ever reported losing a monkey. And if it was a monkey, then it must have had mange or alopecia or something because it, it didn't have any hair and it didn't have a tail either. Monkeys got tails just for those. And I guess it could have been like a quote unquote chimp. But the creature was described as having very light gray colored skin or flesh colored skin and chimp skin. If you don't know, even when they have alopecia and no hair, they have very dark gray colored skin. So also does not fit. And it certainly couldn't have been a gorilla. It was way too damn small. So personally, I, I don't, I don't think that's any of that is an explanation for what the creature was. I don't pretend to know what the creature was, but I don't think that was it. And neither do any of the witnesses, you know, the people that saw it, they were like, yeah, no, it's not a baby horse. We, we know what baby horses look like and it's baby moose. Ha ha. And it certainly wasn't a monkey. And I guess I didn't even think about this until just now while I'm talking to all of y'all. Uh, they said it didn't have any facial features, no nose, no mouth, no ears that they could see. All of them said this. It was like a completely blank face except for these big glowing eyes, which uh, Bartlett said were orange. Baxter did not describe. And Abby said were green. I fit, take that for what you will, but that's the description. It just had big eyes and no other features that anybody could make out. Um, last time I checked, monkeys and chimps had ears and mouths and noses that you could see very clearly. So there's another point in the favor of it not being a monkey. Uh, but anyway, y'all can decide for yourselves what your opinion on those particular theories are. There is also the theory that... Uh, I kind of mentioned it that it was an alien 
And it kind of looks like a gray alien, I suppose. But again, there was no UFO reports, no nothing like that. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe, I guess. Now, as far as I can tell, those were the only real credible reported sightings of the creature. And after April 22nd, 1977, it simply returned to wherever it came from and was never seen again. It was really just a footnote in the history of weirdness that people like me still talk about today. Uh, people who enjoy this topic. Now, I know this is kind of a short episode, but it was, again, it's kind of a weird episode. Um, I hope you all forgive me on that one. But the last thing I'm going to share is from a 2006 interview with Bill Bartlett, where he said of his story, quote, In a lot of ways, it's kind of embarrassing to me. I definitely saw something. It was definitely weird. I didn't make it up. Sometimes I wish I had. End quote. Now, again, I will apologize for the shortness of this week's episode. Uh, it's kind of a kind of a weird week. Uh, we hope you'll forgive us. We, I hope you enjoyed it. We hope you enjoy our show. And on that note, if you do enjoy our show, ladies and gentlemen, please share the show with a friend. Tell them all about us. Tell them how cool we are. Until next time, we love you. Good night.